It's the Save Democracy Podcast. I'm Steve Goldstein. This episode, a little bit of a change up, you might say. We'll still talk about voting and possible reforms, but I'm not talking to a political scientist or pundit. My guest is longtime Major League Baseball writer Jason Stark, who spent many years with ESPN before joining The Athletic. Overall, he's covered the sport for more than four decades. I wanted to talk to Jason because the writers who vote on baseball's annual awards use a ranked choice system. For the most valuable player award, that means each writer is putting his or her top 10 selections on a list, and different points are given based upon whether the player is picked to be first, second, third, and so on. And since ranked choice voting or instant runoffs is a regular staple of this podcast, learning about other kinds of quote-unquote elections made sense. Plus, in this part of the country, spring training is underway, so talking baseball also seemed like a natural fit. Here's my conversation with Jason Stark, beginning with his explanation about how the baseball writers go about voting for the award winners, runners-up, etc. If you're voting for an MVP award, there are 10 spots on every ballot. There is a certain number of points assigned to each spot on that ballot. So it really does matter who you put where. Uh, That literally determines who wins these awards. We've had many years where the player who gets the most first place votes does not actually win the MVP award. I, I can tell you that as a voter, I take every spot on the ballot as seriously as every other spot. And that makes it very hard. Do you always fill out as many slots as you have available? When you're voting for the annual awards, no matter what that award is, you must fill up every spot on your ballot. So I've always done that. And and that's really the responsibility of the voter. How much does it stretch your brain sometimes to to figure out who to vote for? And, you know, I was looking at at last year and and maybe this wouldn't be hard for someone who follows the game like you do, but it would have been hard for me to decide between Aaron Judge and Shohei Otani, for example, for one or two. And I imagine when you get down the list, one of the things we joke about with the political aspect is if you give people ranked choice voting and they have to pick four or five, are there really four or five people they want to pick? Whereas I imagine baseball season is a little bit different. There's never a shortage of names to um, to put on your ballot. That's one of the things that makes it hard. Yeah. Um, you know, I if I'm an MVP voter, I actually was not an MVP voter this past year. I was uh, National League Cy Young, which was a good example of what you're talking about. Um, I make a list of every possible name who could conceivably appear in any spot on the ballot because... Um, he had a season worthy of that. And then I try to wait each season a million different ways. So it hopefully clarifies my thinking. The problem that you run into when you're dealing with somebody like Otani versus somebody like Judge is it's not quite apples and oranges, but these are two human beings who are pretty hard to compare because literally Nobody else on our planet is doing what Shohei Otani is doing. And because he's a unicorn, uh, he's impossible to compare really to anyone. And I think one of the things that we ran into this year was we were basically trying to decide how how, how much does it matter that you have one player who has just made history in Aaron Judge. Uh, 
done it as a Yankee, done it to carry a team into first place, um, you know, done it with Roger Maris's family sitting in the seats and everything that went with that. Um, so how much did that matter versus trying to weigh a season by a player in Otani that we had literally never seen in the history of our existence. And Otani had won the year before and he was better this year. And so there was no good answer to this question. No good answer because, you know, I, I don't know whether you run into this thing that I think we've run into in the past in MVP voting where we've already given Otani this award and we've got this other guy who had this amazing year. Let's honor him. I think that's happened to Mike Trout, who could have won, what, five, six MVP awards, but has won, I believe it's three, because maybe we just get bored of <laughs> electing the same guy every year. So that's a thing that happens. Another thing that's really difficult about MVP voting in particular is pitchers do appear on the ballot. And they don't often win, but they do appear. And one of the most famous or infamous MVP elections uh, of this century was, I, I, I want to say 2000, but this was a year when Pedro Martinez had a historic season pitching for the Red Sox, but two writers decided he wasn't going to be not just in first place on their ballot. He wasn't going to be in any spot on their ballot, one through 10. Why? Because he was a pitcher. And they didn't believe this was a pitcher's award. They believed it was a, an award for everyday players. Now, the instructions we get as voters say, don't vote that way. But these voters did vote that way. And because they left Pedro off their ballots entirely, he got the most first place votes, but he didn't win because he got zero points on those two ballots. And it just nothing better exemplifies how difficult this is just trying to weigh pitchers versus hitters. And where does every player deserve to be on that ballot than that? I think about it all the time when I'm a voter, all the time. The ratio, the least that I've seen, you can vote for up to 10 for MVP, up to five for signing and up to three for rookie of the year. That That is right. And, you know, until... Just a few years ago, there were only three spots on the Cy Young ballot, and we determined that really wasn't enough. So now we're at five. You could easily do more. I, I can tell you that I was a National League Cy Young voter this year. And I mean, this is a great example of what you're talking about, because this should have been easy, right? Sandy Alcantara of the Marlins, I've, if I remember right, was unanimous. And yet I agonized over that ballot <laughs> for days, um, trying, to, trying to figure out all right, I know who number one is. Who's going to go in two, three, four, five? I really didn't feel good about that ballot, even after I cast it. I know how it turned out. Uh, I would, if you look at my ballot, it, it didn't really jibe with the the way the voting eventually emerged, just because I, you know, I thought it through for myself, and that's what we're supposed to do. But it it's so hard. I. You know, I, I, I know you're not really asking me these questions because you're that concerned about how 
baseball writers vote for baseball awards, but what are the ramifications for American democracy? And I have, I have a friend <laughs> who is a huge baseball fan, but actually does not, he's a writer, but he doesn't write about baseball. And he tells me all the time, if people put in the same amount of time and caring yes. just for say their that. ballots for actual offices that matter that baseball writers put in when they vote for all the stuff <laughs> they vote on democracy would be in way better shape i'm quoting him you can make of that whatever you will legendary baseball writer jason stark now with the athletic thanks so much steve i enjoyed it myself i appreciate you reaching out thanks again to jason stark for talking baseball and that sports version of ranked choice voting This is the Save Democracy podcast, which you can subscribe to on iTunes and Spotify. The music for today's program was from Epidemic Sound. To learn more about the movement to reform Arizona's primary and general election system, please visit savedemocracyaz.com. That's savedemocracyaz.com. I'm Steve Goldstein. Thanks for listening.